0: Looking back on another year, I can't help but reflect on the many things that I'm grateful for. Top of the list, friends, family, community, and KRCL. For over four decades, KRCL has provided a soundtrack for our lives and helped to keep us connected to our communities. And none of it would be possible without the generous support of our listeners. As we wind down another year, we hope that you'll consider giving a gift to your community radio station. Make your tax-deductible donation today at krcl.org. And thank you. This
1: is Radioactive. KRCL's community affairs show that plugs you into grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones. Later this hour, Roundtable Tuesday with community co-host Rashawn Leak. We'll be talking to two folks with two separate grassroots organizations that work together to feed and clothe people living on the streets. And you got to stick around for the end of that, because there is a significant news item if the powers that be don't come their way on helping folks who are on the streets. I may have oversold it, but I don't think so. Ty Bellamy of Black Lives for Humanity and Dave John of Pandos and ours, our unsheltered relatives, will be joining with Rashawn for that Roundtable Tuesday panel. First though, a couple of community events to get on your radar. It is Giving Tuesday. I hope that you are using the day to consider how you might support nonprofits and the work they do in our community. Of course, Listeners Community Radio of Utah is a nonprofit, but I'm talking about groups like Heal Utah, Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, Black Lives for Humanity, ours, our unsheltered relatives, groups like that really doing the work on the streets. You can of course donate some of your money, but also your time, your energy, and your talents. Nonprofits have been hit hard just like everybody else over the course of this pandemic, and they need to replenish the volunteers in their ranks and rebuild just like everybody. So Giving Tuesday, give it some thought. And now time to check in with one of my favorite uh, self-care folks who is conducting a webinar tomorrow night on community mental health during the holidays. Let's pass the microphone and find out more, Dr. Dave of the Radical Middle and Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of Utah. How are you, my friend?
2: I am at least moderately miserable
1: today. <laughs> moderately miserable. Okay. Yes.
2: Yes. You How are, about you? How about you, Laura?
1: You know, I think I agree with you. You are one for very much saying checking in with yourself, and I think that's something that we kind of need to do is the holidays. Yeah ramp up and get crazy for for most everybody. So what is this webinar you're hosting online tomorrow night? It's part of your series with Utah Humanities, correct?
2: That's right. Every month we do a free Zoom community dialogue, often on a social justice issue. Uh, But this month we decided, uh, since it's right in the middle of the holidays, to talk about not just uh, our well-being, but our community well-being. You know, and so the theme is tonight, uh, tomorrow night when we meet six thirty uh, on Zoom. Register through Utah Humanities website. Um, uh, the theme would be uh, a, a chance for everyone to get together and um, uh, I'd, I'd have a dialogue about what gifts, as well as challenges, uh, each of us are facing. You know, in in this. This holiday season, if we get a big turnout, we'll do um, breakout groups so you don't have to talk to a thousand people, and then you know, and then we'll come back to a large group and and discuss. So usually, Laura have an expert talk about a subject that we're dealing with, but we thought we would um, find wisdom in the group process.
1: So it's a 90-minute conversation, guided dialogue with you and your co-moderator, and that's Caitlin McDonald from Utah Humanities Center for Local Initiatives.
2: That's right. Yes. Uh, Caitlin and I enjoy working together. She was one of my favorite students of bazillion years ago when I was a, a professor in in a what in the University of Utah. It was Law Cabins at that point. It was so long ago, Laura. <laughs>
1: Dr. Dave, give us some tips here, because I would love to be able to play this conversation. But one of the unique attributes of these community conversations is that they aren't recorded so that folks can feel more comfortable expressing themselves. So maybe you can give us some tips as we continue as we continue to deal with. Stressors such as illness and death, job insecurity and loss, social isolation, media disinformation, climate change. Okay, I'm just ramping myself up already. So give us some (laughs) tips, Dr. Dave.
2: Well, I mean, on the one hand, I don't like playing expert, as you know, and giving tips because I think we all have wisdom inside of us, right? Here's a thought, though, and it's kind of the theme of the evening tomorrow night. Uh, We say community well-being because maybe the fastest way, the fastest distance between my misery now and, you know, some relief from that and a sense of well-being is thinking about others. So, uh, you know, what we'll be doing is talking to, not just about our individual well-being, but the well-being of our community and what each of us uh, can bring to that and want want to bring to them.
1: Well, today, that yeah, completely, because today is Giving Tuesday. And a lot of focus is on donating your money to nonprofits. Please do that. There are more than 10,000 nonprofits in Utah, including listeners, Community Radio of Utah, who do great work and help uh, create that social safety net in our community. But you can also give your time. And when you get out of your own head, out of your own house, as you are able, um, it can really put your troubles on the back burner as you focus on helping somebody else.
2: Yeah, and it's not denial, you know, like, as you know, in our culture, we all look for this pill that will take away all my misery and bring me happiness. And we all know that there might be a pill that will bring me happiness for about a minute or an hour. But it, you know, when I crash, um, then I'm I'm back to the same old uh, life that I was trying to escape. This is more about um, our natural socialness, right? That's embedded, it seems like in most of us humans that, you know, we want to affiliate with others. And, um, you know, and and, uh, we believe that everybody has something, something to offer other people. And even with these huge issues that just like, oh man, what can I do about climate change and the pandemic and political polarization and all the rest, right? There's always something I can do, you know, um, maybe uh, treating my uncle kindly, when he goes on and on about those subjects in a way that's really irritating,
3: you know. Oh, that's and, a, a big-ass, Dr. Dave. I don't know. Yep. That one, you yep. know, you had yep. me for the most part, did you? <laughs>
2: yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, it ain't easy. Uh, we ain't saying these things are easy. But um, sometimes that's the best way to form a relationship with our uncle, Frank you know or or aunt, auntie eloise and aunt, you know is to listen to them first uh and show them that people that you know believe in climate change or think masking ain't a bad idea or think it's possible for democrats and republicans to eat lunch together and not be nasty and all the rest you know that we're not terrible people we're actually a lot like you and you're a lot like us
1: Rashawn, so what is your go-to this time of year to kind of <laughs> check in and slow things down during the holidays?
3: Uh, you know, I, <laughs> 20, I, I don't slow down. I, I, you know, but I, but I, I, you see how I engage Laura. I, I tend to engage from a, from a place of understanding and calming. Like I don't let, like, I don't let a lot of our differences get, get the best of me. Cause I know like, like you were talking about Dr. Dave, I, I know that when it's really all said and done, there's probably maybe five fringe issues that are really that are really causing a divide. But the you know, or like fifteen percent, but the eighty-five percent of our day-to-day is pretty parallel and similar. But we let that fifteen percent run rampant.
1: You know, Doctor Dave, in this conversation you're having tomorrow, it, uh, it'd be interesting to bring this up because disinformation is so huge when our greatest social interaction is digital and it's completely removed of human to human contact that's where I think we get all up into our feelings about things we're not even experiencing or even seeing in real life that IRL conversation Dr. Dave
2: yeah I agree Laura you know we we did as you remember probably we did a program on misinformation and disinformation it was probably a couple months ago but like you know, we could continue to talk about it because it ain't gone away, has it? And, you know, like all the reasons why maybe we're more susceptible to that kind of stuff these days and, you know, what folks could do to maybe minimize um, passing on uh, untruths or half-truths. Yeah.
1: Well, so Dr. Uh, Dave, where can people sign up for this? Because you do need to RSVP in order to get the Zoom link for tomorrow night. And that's going to be 630 to 8 p.m. online.
2: That's right. So, um, you know, the best thing for folks probably to do is just go to the Utah Humanities website and, um, you know, uh, 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 register because you have to register for it. it's free, but we want to, you to register. And if and if that is um, hard to find, just contact Caitlin McDonald, who's um, my colleague and friend there, and, and, and she's at M-C as in cat, D as in Donald, O-N-A-L-D as in Donald, at Utah Humanities spelled out, dot org, Great. and uh, she'll walk you through the registration.
1: And we will also put a link in the show notes. Thank you, Dr. Dave.
2: Thanks,
1: Laura. And that is Dr. David Derizotis with a chime in from Rashawn Leek. He was hanging out in the Zoom session waiting for the Roundtable Tuesday panel to start and just couldn't help himself, had to chime in. And uh, always welcome on the show, Rashawn. Check tonight's show notes for a link to Dr. Dave's Community Mental Health During the Holidays virtual dialogue tomorrow night at 630. You need to register. It doesn't cost you anything, though, but that's the way you get the Zoom link couple of events that I want to be on your radar. Coming up, we've got free fare due to the bad air. Heal Utah's Mace Gonzalez will join us in a minute. But right now, we're going to pass the microphone on something that's happening on December 2nd, 6 p.m. at the State Capitol Rotunda, a protest. Don't let Utah make another monumental mistake in court. Let's pass the microphone and find out more. Dave, go ahead and introduce yourself for us.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Laura. This is Dave Pacheco. I am Utah Grassroots Organizer with the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, or SUA.
1: All right. So I'm having flashbacks about the public lands wars. What is going on? Set the set the table for us here.
4: Well, it's been a month and a half since President Biden's Rose Garden ceremony, where he fully restored Grand Staircase Escalante and Bears Ears National Monuments on October 8th. Uh, we saw that as writing one of the most grievous wrongs from the last administration. Uh, he was, uh, President Biden was surrounded by Native American tribal leaders at the garden uh, ceremony. Uh, the first Native American secretary of the interior, Deb Holland, was there, she spoke. Uh, congressional and conservation stalwarts were all present. Uh, and the president declared that protecting these monuments and their cultural sites and objects may be the easiest thing I've done so far as president. Uh, and uh, you know we couldn't agree more. Uh, but shortly thereafter, uh, Governor Spencer Cox and uh, Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes uh, felt differently, uh, where we saw strong leadership from the President uh, and the vision to protect Bears ears, uh, a Native American uh, tribal landscape. Um, Cox and Reyes complained uh, of an affront to rural Utahs, uh, and where we saw uh, desperately needed action to conserve Grand Staircase-Escalani and mitigate the impacts of the climate crisis. uh, Cox and Reyes were wringing their hands uh, that that meant less coal, oil, and gas uh, to be mined and burned at the expense of future generations. So uh, We see it differently than they do, and uh, they are now willing to put uh, someone else's money uh, where their mouths are. That's Utah taxpayer money. Uh, and the press reported uh, a couple weeks back that uh, the state of Utah is announcing uh, has announced a bid to uh, uh, that they were soliciting bids from law firms and lawyers across the country uh, to pursue a lawsuit against President Biden's restoration of Grand Staircase Escalante and Bears Ears. Uh, and while the announcement um, didn't exactly come out and say this. Uh, It's clear that the contract that they will offer uh, would last for many years and may easily exceed $10 million in fees and expenses. And uh, you know, why not? They're spending our money, Uh, they're not spending their own. So uh, we have uh, decided it's time for people to step up and protest, Uh, not just the expenditure of the money, but the affront to the healing that Bears Ears uh, and restoration of those lands has brought to indigenous groups here in Utah. Uh, so this Thursday, so in a couple days uh, at 6 o'clock in the evening up in the Capitol Rotunda, uh, we're getting together a good old-fashioned protest. Uh, we have some great guest speakers. The uh, chairman of the Hopi tribe uh, is coming to speak as well as uh, the co-chair of the Barriers Inter-Tribal Coalition and the chairman of Utah Denebekeia, uh and uh, some of our own grassroots activists here from Salt Lake. So uh, please come on up. Uh, Bring your bears, your signs. Uh, We we don't even have any more of the signs left. We've given them all out over the years. Um, Bring your voice, raise your voice, uh, protest the spending of money, taxpayer money to fight these monuments. Uh, The right thing to do is leave them in place, let the healing begin, and let the management plans uh, roll out. That's where everybody can participate, is in the management planning process. We'll all have a voice. We can make those and shape those plans for the best way to protect these monuments. And uh, we really use your voice. Come on up Thursday night, 6 o'clock at the state capitol.
1: It's inside the rotunda, and it is indoors. So you're asking people to also please wear a mask. Absolutely. Where can people find out more and also get involved? It's Giving Tuesday, so one way to give is to give your time and get involved. So what's the website where people can catch up on all that?
4: Uh, They can find the event uh, on Facebook. Uh, It's under uh, the name, uh, Protest Don't Let Utah Make Another Monumental Mistake in Court. Uh, So that's the uh, Facebook event. Uh, You can find more on SUA.org, check out our blog. Uh, We have uh, a pretty long detail about the issues uh, and where the monuments uh, lawsuits stand right now. Thank you, Dave. Thanks,
1: Laura. Check tonight's show notes for a link to the SUA protest and the organization it is giving Tuesday, SUA, another nonprofit in our community. Another one to talk about is Heal Utah, which recently announced Free Fair for Clean Air, a partnership to combat this winter's inversion season. Let's pass the microphone and find out more. Macy, will you introduce yourself for us? Yeah, definitely.
5: So my name is Macy Gonzalez, and I'm the communications associate for the Healthy Environment Alliance of Utah, or better known as Heal Utah.
1: I was just looking outside at how sunny it is. But guess what? With no storms this time of year, we start to get the inversion packing into our bowl-shaped valley. What will this Free Fair for Clean Air do to help us combat inversions this winter?
5: The Free Fair for Clean Air Day program is a part of a science-driven effort to improve our air quality along the Wasatch Front by helping people uh, to consider using public transit as an alternative to driving. As you know, exhaust and fumes from vehicles like cars and trucks make up 48% of our wintertime pollution. And with the Wasatch Front's temperature inversion trapping these toxics in the air, um, it becomes a significant health problem as well as a visual one. So changing our behavior can be kind of difficult to help improve our air, but it's also a great way to help uh, community improve. So by removing public transportation, by taking public transportation, Uh, It removes vehicles off the road, thus reducing emissions.
1: All right. So this is made possible by our own tax dollars when Joel Briscoe, Utah House of Representatives member, sponsored and passed House Bill 353. So how many days are there? Who gets to pick them? How do I find out about them so I can sign up and use free public transit that day?
5: Yeah, definitely. So For free fair days, we're trying to make it so it's not just when the bad air, when those red days are already active. We're trying to catch these beforehand. So we partnered with the Department of Air Quality, where they're tracking these and forecasting how bad our air is going to get. So this past weekend, you probably all saw that it was pretty smoggy up there, but it was still at a moderate level. So that's a good example of where these would be launched. We'd launch them when it's before that red air, and it would be for one to two days to help to help us not get to that red air day. And you can find out a lot of information for Free Fair Days by visiting hewutah.org slash Free Fair Days, or you can also text Free Fair Days, which is F-R-E-E-F-A-R-E-D-A-Y-S, one word, to 855-801-2906. And we'll text you an alert when the next Free Fair Day is uh, running.
1: So, say, well, I have you, it's Giving Tuesday, and Heal Utah is a nonprofit in our community. Folks can, I'm um, sure, donate to Heal Utah, but you're also an organization that uses volunteers and interns.
5: Yes. So, uh, this Giving Tuesday, we have been doing some social media um, outreach, just help with expanding our capacity. But also a great way to get involved is by checking out our Get Involved page at our website, where you can volunteer your time on specific Uh, outreach events, or also become a citizen lobby lobbyist where you can go up to the Capitol and voice your concerns to your legislators. As you know, your voice is what they're looking for and your voice matters in the fight for environmental uh, justice.
1: So if you like these free fair air days folks, then maybe you want to get involved lobbying to expand the number of them that lawmakers are willing to pay for. So that's one way to get involved, say
5: Yeah, definitely. And but uh, one thing with this policy is, as you mentioned, it's hoping to expand the public transportation, but also maybe look at different ways of new policy. Maybe getting policy to make electric vehicles more accessible or making roads for people, not cars. So it's just one effort in our big kind of campaign of helping uh, reduce emissions in our air.
1: Thanks, Mesa, I appreciate the info. Thank you so much. Check tonight's show notes for links to those web pages that Maysay talked about. When we come back, Roundtable Tuesdays Rashawn Leek, who will be talking with two grassroots activists from Black Lives for Humanity and ours, our unsheltered relatives. And to get us there, one of my favorite songs. It's the North Mississippi All-Stars with Meet Me in the City on KRCL.
0: Support for KRCL comes from Live Nation, announcing Foo Fighters, coming to USANA Amphitheater on August 8, 2022. Tickets go on sale Friday, December third. Details at Ticketmaster.com.
4: If you're a homeowner or renter making 200% or less of the federal poverty rate and need help weatherizing your home, Utah Community Action can help. Visit utahca.org for details.
1: Did you know that a portion of your Amazon purchases could benefit KRCL? Support local nonprofits, including KRCL, through Amazon Smile by visiting smile.amazon.com and selecting your preferred organization. Find details under the Support tab at krcl.org. Thanks! Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones, and one more reminder, today is Giving Tuesday. Hopefully some of the nonprofits we've had on the show tonight and are about to have give you an idea on some causes to support. Coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Democracy Now!, followed by Vagabond Radio with Barbie at 8, Connor's Late Night Lowdown at 10.30, and then Chovy's Super Sounds at 1 a.m., You can find our programming lineup online at krcl.org under the Programs tab, where there is also an On Demand button, and you can hear the last two weeks of any show, including Radioactive. Earlier today, community co-host Rashawn Leak conducted a Roundtable Tuesday panel with two individuals, two separate groups, who work directly on the streets to help people in need. They've been collaborating a lot lately. Let's pass the microphone to Rashawn and find out more
3: hello hello so we have today joining us for the official day of giving tuesday i know we've been doing a lot of attitude with gratitude but today we have ty bellamy of black lives for humanity and dave john of our unsheltered relatives welcome to the show you two thanks of course and i you know I, i mean one let's just jump in one first i want to start off with i'm a i'm a big believer in giving everybody their their due and their just dessert and their flowers while they're alive. So I want to say, one, thank you so much, you two, for all you do in the community. It, you know, I, I, got a, I got a chance. I'm, I'm friends with Ty on Facebook, so I got a chance to see all the work you did downtown. But let's talk about it, because there's some people who might not know what you guys are into. So, Dave, if, if you could give us a little a little rundown of what Unsheltered Relatives is all about,
6: Yeah, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear it. Uh, Yeah, ours, uh, it was kind of started in 2020. Uh, It was due to um, Ty's uh, Camp Last Hope. Uh, I went there, well, Pandos, another group I'm with, Pandos, which is Peaceful Advocates for Native Dialogue and Organizing Support, uh, we sponsored a breakfast. And so... Yeah, we went there, uh, met one of the camp cooks, uh, RJ. Yeah, I learned a lot of stuff from him. Uh, yeah, and I think that was just a hook because after that, it just seemed like I was there every Sunday or Saturday, yeah, maybe Sunday, yeah, cooking. And it would just be whatever came through, you know, frozen chicken, uh, uh, popcorn shrimp, uh, yeah, I mean pretty much anything. And then we started uh, 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 hosting meals, you know, Navajo tacos and right.
3: I, and just for our listeners, when Dave says coming through, what he means is my man sets up shop and we start feeding uh, feeding the masses out there and he throws down getting putting on love on the grill y'all. so and then Ty, let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, black lives for humanity. Give, yeah, give the folks a little bit of what you do, because I, I, you know, I'm fortunate. I know because, because uh you know, we're peoples. I, I didn't, I didn't have the pleasure of knowing you back in Jersey, but you know, once I hear somebody's <laughs> from Jersey, they are already a part of my family. I'm just throwing that out there.
7: Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's funny that we didn't meet at home, but we met out here, right? <laughs> So my organization is Black Lives for Humanity Movement, and I um, take care of people, unsheltered people on the street. Um, And so um, we wanted to do gratitude aid without really having this big history lesson. We don't celebrate Thanksgiving. I grew up with a lot of indigenous people. Um, As a child, my dad had a lot of friends from different tribes. And so we understood history from the beginning. So we've never celebrated Thanksgiving and so it's always been gratitude day and we just thank God for what we have and who we are and who we know and and that time uh, uh, you know that type of a thing and we just give back. Um, but I give back every day. Um so I wanted to just kind of spread that message. So one day I was doing a live, just talking about what I wanted to do. The funny thing is, is that when I did that, I was doing a live one day and I was talking about actually doing Cornish game hens so that we could, everybody could have like their own little miniature turkey. And we we're going to do this... Um, traditional dinner because a lot of people don't understand history and I, I'm, I'm not one to force my beliefs on people so I didn't want to say well we're not doing turkey we're not you know what I
2: mean?
7: <laughs> but I always try to in some way shape or form I always try to honor the relatives that are the first people on this land and so I was talking about doing uh, Cornish game hens and then Dave logged on to my live and I was like oh Navajo tacos so I was like Dave <laughs> would you be willing to do navajo tacos and he's like yes well, and then well, the whole yeah world. and then the whole, I, so I forgot the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
2: I,
3: so, go ahead so sorry tell us. no no you're fine i love it i love the energy so tell us how did how did that come to be how did your two groups join forces to go out there and just do do good for for all of our unsheltered peoples
7: Well, that's what it is. Like Dave said, it started at Camp Last Hope. I don't know if anybody listening knows. Um, A lot of people know about it, but just in case they don't, Camp Last Hope was a camp that I set up last year, last December, under I-15. It was right off of 13th south and yeah, third west
3: Mountain. yep yep
7: yeah and i lived there under the freeway with about at one point we had a little over 200 unsheltered people and the purpose was to keep the police and the health department from pushing them because they had just been pushed or abated from um over where the old road home used to be downtown so i had a camp uh said what, what people are calling sanctioned tent cities in other states i had i had that going here last year it just wasn't sanctioned uh, by by the city or by the state's definition but it was by mine um and like dave said rj was one of the gentlemen that was a resident was a resident at my camp and he used to actually he's got a quite an extensive background in uh hospitality and and uh culinary arts and whew, rj used to throw it down and
3: i've then, been down you know, there a few times when uh baby, when the meal starts flowing and it's next level
7: it, it really i mean we were eating like cuisine like stuff that you get in five-star restaurants rj was serving and we had a lot of people donating cookware and grills and everything just to just to continue to keep him going because that that uplifted him and it gave him that sense of autonomy again you know that i remember the first time he was able to cook on a grill i'm not to get emotional i remember he started crying and i said why are you crying rj and he said ty i feel like a man again you know, I can cook for myself and I can cook for other people. But when I tell you that that there was a, a line wrapped around that block, mm-hmm. there was a line wrapped around that block, and uh, we stood and waited. And some of us doubled ourselves so that we could get the second and third helping when we hadn't even finished the first one yet. <laughs> I'm still trying to work off that weight. Some people had COVID weight. I had RJ weight.
3: <laughs> I, I think you know. I, I think you really touched on something when you were talking about RJ. I think. A lot of people and I, you know, I don't I don't like to talk in, you know, big, big swooping statements, but people don't understand that a lot of our unsheltered folks had a serious life before they became on the streets. And that and and when you start giving them opportunity to give back, giving them opportunity to have self-worth, giving them opportunity to feel needed, that is what we are talking about. That is how you give people their lives back.
7: Exactly. And RJ's wife, um, had been really sick and ended up passing and if anybody's ever you know you know when you lose your your life partner that does something to you and a lot of people deal with grief differently and for him it was something that just broke him mentally and emotionally and he's had a hard time coming back from that um and just the depression led to him just not being able to function at work um and it just it trickled and, and he, you know, he eventually lost his home and ended up out on the street. So not everybody out there is an addict. And so it was good when Dave started coming around, like he said, with Pando's and he saw what we were doing. And then I remember him saying, Hey Ty, we'd like to come in and sponsor a breakfast. It started with breakfast with those, whew, he makes these breakfast burritos and it was love it first burrito between me and Dave. Um, And then I asked for Navajo tacos one day, we were talking about it and he made them there. And now I'm just like, that's all you need to cook, Dave. I don't know why you try to do spaghetti or chicken or anything else. Your purpose is to keep me fed with Navajo tacos and everybody loves them. But I like the way the two groups have collaborated Um, and we've done this several times and it's good to see um, you know, in this, in, this, in this day and age where we have a lot of people saying, well, what do Black people do and what do Indigenous people do? And all you guys do are these horrible things. That's good for us to always be that example to show that we are not doing what people think. We are not the stereotype. And we do give back because um, a lot of people think that we just take handouts. And we, we definitely look out for other people um, because we know what it's like to be overlooked and, and to be forgotten. And so we make sure that we highlight those that feel the way that we have felt and continue to feel at times so Absolutely. I appreciate you Dave always stepping up when
3: I need you this is roundtable Tuesday and I'm rashawn leak it's given Tuesday today and we're talking to folks from two grassroots organizations that you can get involved with helping to feed and clothe folks living on our streets and Dave John of our unsheltered relatives and Ty Bellamy of black lives for humanity so Dave let's talk about let's talk about the two groups that you're a part of so like <laughs> I, I'm I'm familiar with Pandos and Unsheltered because I'm familiar with KRCL. But but let's talk about that to the folks who don't know. Like how, how do we get involved? How do you guys come to be? What's going on?
6: Uh, Pandos was founded out of uh, Standing Rock in uh, September 2016. Carl uh, Moore, he was one of the co-founders. And he did a rally up at the Capitol uh, for Standing Rock. And yeah, there was a nice turnout to show for support uh, for Standing Rock. And then after the rally, it was like a week, or two weeks later, he put out a little call out if anybody was interested in probably trying to get something going. and We kind of had like a meeting, a brunch over in Orem. And I would say probably like 20 people showed up for that. But out of the 20, uh, there were nine, I uh, guess, uh, the core, the co-founders that uh, formed uh, Pandos. Uh, and, you know, we discussed what we were going to do. Uh, so we were mostly going to concentrate on native issues. Uh, it didn't matter what type, as long as it dealt with uh, a tribe or anything like that. And then it just happened to be pipelines at the time, you know, for Standing Rock. And after we formed, we actually went out to Standing Rock you know, to stand with the Lakota, Dakota, Nakotas. And yeah, that was a good experience, an eye opener. And also, uh, I think it was like just that December, uh, we ended up doing uh, like a music festival. And what was funny, Dave Parrish and Margo, they're more like uh, heavy thrash punk.
3: Oh, okay, and,
6: and, and so we're trying to decide, you know, well, how is uh, like one of our artists was Nino Reyes, and he plays the flute, you know. So we're looking at, okay, we got one guy playing the flute, and all of a sudden the next band's going to be thrashing away, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> it was a two-day event, and yeah, it went good. A lot of people from both music sides. I mean, they had a good time. They enjoyed both both musics. Uh, we raised over three thousand that we sent to the legal fund out there. Nice. Um, but then, yeah, just other different issues from other tribes here in Utah.
3: So let's let's talk about those. So so just so our listeners know, Pando stands for Peaceful Advocates for Native Dialogue and Organizing Support. Yeah. So with organizing support, let's jump on it. What are some issues that we need to know about so we can lend a hand wherever we can? Oh yeah,
6: just different groups in the Wasatch Front. I mean, they've asked us for assistance. Uh, we're a group that if uh, if it's another group that ask us to for support, you know, we don't take the lead because it's their their project. So we just had, you know, we, we just showed support, you know, with other groups. I mean, it didn't matter who it was and yeah. And so that, that's, I guess, kind of how we figure you know, it's not our place to be in the forefront, you know, we'll stand back and whatever the issue is, you know, that's what the the word's going to be put out. Uh, But yeah, it's been pretty good. Just the connections with other groups, Um, even uh, bands in Utah that helped us out with our music festival or whenever they can. I mean, it's always been good. That's what we've had.
3: Is there and, a new? We got another music festival on the books. What's going on? Are we gonna? Uh, are we
6: gonna have take two? Yeah, uh, we. Well, the one we're trying to get one that we can have out outdoors, uh, but with the COVID, we ended up doing like a virtual, and it went pretty good. Uh, at that time, we were raising funds. Uh, I started a COVID nineteen mobile unit. Uh, so we, because the company I work for, we actually manufactured the. COVID testing kits, Okay, and so uh, down on the Navajo Reservation, there was a lot of areas that are out in nowhere, and sometimes it's hard for them to get to the clinic or the big hospitals, so we want this mobile unit to where we can go to those places and actually do testing for them, and we've tested, yeah, with uh, the South, southeastern Paiute tribe, I didn't even know they existed down there. I thought it was all Navajos down in that area. Uh, but they had, then we also started another mobile unit out in Rapid City with uh, another camp. Uh, we helped out with uh, Camp Mini Lizahan. Uh, they also helped out the native unsheltered out there too. Um, yeah, so we started a mobile unit out there too with uh, Cheryl Angel and Jean Roach. And yeah, they've been doing testing and the money that we got to buy these uh, kids uh, we supply them and then another guy that helped us out alan king he worked with uh next gen laboratories and they actually had a lab so i would supply the kids uh as long as we found a provider we were pretty good and we could go into any state okay. and then um yeah it just i supplied the kids he supplied the lab and yeah it it worked out good A lot better than I thought it was. (laughs) I love
3: it. So in the spirit of it being Giving giving Tuesday and, you know, we all are rocking our show for Attitude with Gratitude, what can our listeners be doing to help out? How can we lend a hand? How can we pitch in?
6: Uh, With ours, um, I usually uh, try to cook on Saturday, uh, but since it's warmed up and stuff that's why we cut down to one day but during the winter we're cooking uh saturday and sunday so on saturday we'll usually do a breakfast and a dinner and on sunday we'll usually just do a breakfast uh even though it's supposed to be the day of rest but i mean that to to a lot of people that help me out i mean it's funny when they say this is our church you know Because it's more just showing what how people should be is helping our fellow man.
3: If somebody wanted to drop off supplies or make a food donation or anything like that, where could they go to drop it off at?
6: Um, Usually I'll post um, a menu, what we're going to be cooking that Saturday. Um, and then to the location is usually tba because with all these abatements and stuff yeah, that's true. we might have one place where we're going to set up but it might get pushed so then we just kind of go to where the numbers are
3: all right so, cool. well what's yeah. your uh, what's your social media for people to people to find you and we'll put them in the show notes
6: um yeah uh they can either contact me dave john or either I have a Facebook page for ours, which is a uh, O dot R apostrophe S dash unsheltered relatives, and they can visit our page there. Usually we'll post information
3: on that. And you said that's O dot R apostrophe S? Yeah. Okay. All right. And Ty, what about you? Let's bring it up. What? Where are we going? What's going on with y'all? How, how can we get involved? What's the next project you got going on?
7: So my next project is I'm going to be actually doing an email and a calling campaign. Um, You know, we've been putting a lot of pressure on the city mayor uh, Aaron Mendenhall and that's because the largest population of unsheltered people are in her, in her jurisdiction, they're downtown. Um, And she's continuously said that, you know, she's got a lot on her plate. She wants the other sister jurisdictions to step up. And so while we uh, agree that it's, her, her area that she needs to address. We also agree with her that she can't do this alone. Um, so we're going to start an email and a calling campaign to start. Uh, we're going to start out being diplomatic and just ask other other cities, other mayors to join in uh, with Erin hall This has got to be a collaborative effort. Um, Absolutely. So we're asking them to join in, um, you know, and help her out, help us out. But, you know, um, we also need to start applying pressure to them because they're sitting back watching her try to handle this all on her own because they have smaller populations of uh, shelter people in their areas. So we're going to be doing that calling and emailing campaign. Um, I'm trying not to go back out there again. We, we're trying to get a, a, a sanctioned tent city approved here in Utah. Um, and as, as you can see, the mayor, Aaron Mendenhall, her response to that was, heck no, that's not going to happen. Um, and so I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it the right way Rashawn. but at the end of the day, I'm not going to let people freeze to death. Um, and so if it comes out down to it, then I'll be back out there setting up another camp through the winter time, because I, I love this population. I love this community of unsheltered people. I grew up around them. My father did this, and this is the right thing to do. Um, we've been trying to raise money to get the mummy bags, the sleeping bags, because they can go, they can handle up to, you know, uh, zero degree weather. And uh, our fear this year is because we don't have camp blast soap. We don't have um, an area where they're protected from the elements. We don't, we're not going to have a row of fire pits. Our fear is that people are going to freeze to death. And so we're trying to raise money for the mummy bags. We're trying to raise money for for sleeping bags, for coats, for warming jackets, warming pants, because now um, they are no longer allowed to have tents or tarps or even cardboard boxes up where they can get inside of them, um, so that's why the police have been enforcing the the, the they've been enforcing the mayor's no 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 um, city camping. Um, so that's a problem as well because last really? year they were at least able to get in their tents and bundle up in blankets and they would have a means to keep themselves warm in the tents. This year they presented us with another challenge by taking the tents and the tarps and the cardboard boxes away. So um in the meantime I've also been advocating for the other side uh the other side academy is building the other side village. Uh they reached ask out about who- that Yeah, they reached out to me and said, hey, you know, um, your name is synonymous with the homeless community. Every time we ask who we need to talk to, everybody housed or not points the finger at you. So we need some help in this. And so I've worked with them on this just to make sure that everything that they're going to put in that village on that site is something that's going to benefit uh, the unsheltered. Uh, Because what people don't realize is that a lot of people that are unsheltered actually work. They work full time jobs just like you and I. Uh, Some people have had, you know, like I said, have had death, have had illness, have had a criminal background, have had things happen to them. And now with the economy the way it is because of the pandemic and and rent going through the roof, they they just can't afford to live like a lot of us do. Um, So, you know, I've been advocating for the other side village. Um, And so at the end of the day, my goal was to get them permanently housed with supportive services. And I will keep advocating until everybody is off the streets.
3: So where's the land at that they're going to be building on? Because it sounds like, from what I'm hearing from the mayor, a lot of it is land issue. Like, where do we put them? Because, I mean, out of sight, out of mind is so easy. I would love, I would love to almost see us set up like how we did at uh, Pioneer Park, but right on the people's ground, right up at the Capitol. Let them know, like we're here. We are also part of your community okay see i was trying
7: not to let the cat out of the bag Rashawn, but you oh just, sorry you, you know you pressed my button so i'm just going to put it out there that's what it's going to be um but if in fact they continue to push that community that is going to be what we're going to do we are going to take our sleeping bags we're going to take our tents we're going to take the entire unpop or unsheltered population and we are going to march through downtown up to the capitol and we're going to set up on the home lawn We are. And our question is going to be, where do you want us to go? They do want them to be out of sight, out of mind, which is absolutely disgusting because these are human beings. And I said, and I've been saying, I'm so tired of humanizing humans to humans, but how dare anybody treat people because they don't look or live or act the way they do. How dare you treat them any differently? People need help. They are struggling and I don't understand why people think it's okay to mistreat unsheltered people, but that's where I come in. I'm the buffer between the mistreatment and them. I'm very protective over them because I'm out there every day. I know their stories. I know their backgrounds. And if people would stop drawing that line between us and them and come talk to them, they would understand that they are people too. And this is why I always go big um, for them. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to Thanksgiving, when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to whatever, because they deserve that extra hug around the times when everybody else is gathering with their family and they don't have theirs. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. They are our community. They are our people. So, Ty, where can everybody find you if they want to help? If they want to help get on the email, because even with COVID, we could all sit in our house and throw some emails out there. So where can we find you? Where's the social handles? How do we do drop offs? Give us the info.
7: So if you want to do drops, drop offs, we're going to do that by appointment. And you can always call me at 385-246-3131 because I'm always out and about ripping and running. Um, and then I have on my Facebook one, I'm on all the social media ones and i and it's on my, I have a, you know, a card that's posted on my pages where people can see my other handles, but um, Black Lives for Humanity group um is is my my main page that i'm always posting on um it's important that people stay in the know people will say to me oh i didn't know that there were still homeless people out there because we don't see them anymore yeah well this is the thing though this is this is the illusion so if the police are pushing them every time they sit down and and they're not where you commonly see them people think that oh they've handled the problem it's great no Open your eyes. They've just pushed them further into downtown. Now you're seeing people pop up more in front of buildings. You're seeing people go further out into the city. You're seeing people go further into other cities. I went to O'Reilly's the other day on 45th South and State Street, and there was an unsheltered older gentleman set up right there in the parking lot of O'Reilly's.
3: Yep. I know. You know, we've
7: got to stop this. And, you know, whether they're their constituents or not, their friends, their loved ones are your constituents. We voted people into office on the promises that they made us, that they would look out for us. They would take care of us. They would make sure that our families were well. Well, you know what, these are our family members. If you go back, everybody's into genealogy here in Utah. If you go back and you do your genealogy, we are all connected in one way or another biologically. And so you, need to, you, you wouldn't treat your mother like this. You wouldn't treat your father like this. You wouldn't treat your children like this. But you think because you don't know that you're connected to these people biologically, you think it's okay to do it to them? Absolutely not. Absolutely mm. not.
3: Mm, that is Ty Bellamy- from Black Lives for Humanity. And it is always a pleasure to have you on the show, Dave, John, for Pandos, and our Unsheltered Relatives. It is a pleasure having both of you on. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you for sharing. And we got to get people out there. Let's get the numbers. We can yeah. make a change, it, but it starts with us. It it cannot really start in the office, cannot start in a presidency. It starts with each individual that you know.
1: Absolutely. Take care, y'all. Thank right, you, thanks. YouTube, and for your time. And that's Rashawn Leak, community co-host of Roundtable Tuesday, in conversation with Dave John of Ours, our unsheltered relatives, as well as Pandos, and Ty Bellamy of Black Lives for Humanity. She's making some news there and putting the powers that be on notice that the people's house and the people's lawn will be where she camps next, unless they come to the table. Let's see how that plays out in the coming weeks, especially as we approach the 2022 general session of the Utah legislature, folks. I'm Laura Jones, and this has been Radioactive, KRCL's community affairs show. So thank you to everyone who participated and to you for listening. If you have an idea, a guest you want to hear from, maybe a song around which to build an entire show, email me, radioactive at krcl.org. going to leave you with some Amos Lee off his last days at the Lodge album. This is Street Corner Preacher on KRCL 90.9.